Matt, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I do really appreciate it. Um, how are you doing at the moment? I'm doing well. Yeah. So uh, where are you at right now? In the UK, London. Yeah. yeah it's like 9, 9 p.m. here. Uh, it's good. Had a long day. Ready for the weekend. Long week. Yeah, long week. Yeah. What's been sure. keeping you busy? Yeah, how are how are you? Yeah, I'm doing cool. It's uh, two a.m. here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, again, like similar thing. Long week, uh, but I've got a weekend off, so it's all good. Yeah, same. Looking forward to it. What's been keeping you busy then? Um, this past week, and I guess actually considering we're coming to the end of February, and obviously we've got something important coming up in March. But what's kind of been keeping you busy so far in 2023? Man, everything from from work, my my full time job that I do, uh, and when I get home from my full time job, I go to jujitsu. I, I do that like three, four times a week, maybe more sometimes. And then, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm just in my studio, just writing stuff, recording. I'm I'm always doing something, like it never stops. And if I'm not doing any of that, I'm probably napping or sleeping. <laughs> trying to squeeze yeah. some sleep in basically yeah yeah that's what i'm looking forward to tomorrow big time I, i'm ready to sleep in it's been a long week man all right okay so you got no plans tomorrow you're just gonna Actually, chill yeah no nah, i won't be able to sleep in till sunday yeah i gotta be up at like 5 30 tomorrow because me and my friend are going to we're gonna go train in phoenixville pa by 7 30 and then yeah but that's all right it's something i like to do so i don't mind getting up early for that no, yeah, it's uh, getting up early for something you like to do compared to yeah. getting up early for work is always going to be 10 times better. Um, yeah, work, my, my job's not bad. I, I, I enjoy it. You know, it, there are way worse jobs out there, but when it comes to go, doing jujitsu, I love waking up and doing that. So I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Well, it's already been kind of touched upon, but we are a month out from the release of your album, Ghost in the Western Trap, March 24th, 2023. Yeah. So. Talk to me about the journey you've been on to get here. So starting with specifically, what did your initial vision look like? Did you have one? Yeah, I, I did. Actually, I, I'm not going to name any names, but I started talking to this guy. Um, he plays with a uh, like a whole ensemble. So I had this idea in my head. I wanted to get a whole string quartet and make string arrangements for, for the uh, that, goes, that goes along with the 12 string that I play. Unfortunately, that fell apart, didn't work out. So I was asking around, I started playing with the cello player, that didn't work out. And then somebody I was in a band with, his cousin, Bronwyn Beth plays violin and she's classically trained, she's phenomenal. We started playing and it just worked. There was like zero effort on my part. I would play something and she just picked it up, no problem. So I got her, she was the right person for the job. So I didn't get a string quartet, but I did get a uh, very talented, um, professional violin player. And what was the plan then? So you had that, you had that in place. Your original, original vision didn't work out, but you had this new idea and this new look going forward. Um, how did that then transform over the years, as it's been, as you work towards what we have now? Uh, so it, it just started with the songs that I wrote and then the parts that Bronwyn had. We went in the studio in 2018 to record and we got that the, the acoustic and the violin done. And then I had a very Lee fair approach to recording the rest of it. I said, you know, I'm going to do it here and there. 
I'm not in any big rush because I don't want to rush to finish it. So I'm going to make parts on my own, make sure they're well put together. So I'm going to the studio, record it, and it sounds great. And I had that approach up until 2019. I got shipped away to North Carolina for work. And then for about two months, and I told myself when I get back, I'm going to finish this album. That's going to be my main priority. No more messing around. I'm going to get in the studio. And then I get back and COVID happens and everything gets shut down for like two years. It was like, yeah, I think another two years until I get back in the studio when things were really up and running again. So just dealing with all that and me obsessively going back, listening to it and then going back and re-recording parts that I didn't like. It was a long journey, but... Yeah, did that sort of what you just described there, the going back and re-recording as you listened to, particularly with stuff, I guess, that was probably a couple of years older. Do you think that came about because you were developed uh, personally as a musician and you were noticing things that yeah. you thought you could do better now? Well, here's what really drives me crazy about this album. Throughout that whole process and that whole journey of obsessively going back and really doing things right this time, because in the past when I go in the studio... There wasn't much practicing beforehand, you know what I mean? We just see my band would practice once a week. But other than that, you know, I had other things going on outside of work, you know, so I wouldn't really practice. But now, after the guitar, the 12-string, and the violin was recorded X amount of years later, I really started really practicing, like, because, like, this is my craft. I really need to develop this, and I realized that. I realized that I wasn't as good as I thought I was at guitar. And that's what really drove me to start getting better. So now when I listen to the album, I'm like, man, I wish I had that mindset before I recorded the, the 12 string and the violin. Cause like, oh man, I could have really just slowed it, slowed down, took a breath, really practiced and then going in and got it done that way. But you, you live, you learn. Next one's going to be that much better for it, you know? And that will continue throughout your entire musical career. There's no end point to improving your talents, of course. Um, Absolutely. So you know, you're only ever going to get better and learn more. That's the plan. That's the plan. I just started taking it way more serious than I did. Because, I mean, in my defense, I was playing in a bunch of, like, metal punk bands that were leaning more towards punk. So you didn't really have to be a musical uh, virtuoso, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, you had to, the, the atmosphere had to be there. But not so much the uh, the skill. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, of course. One of uh, the UK's um, most famous punk uh, um, bands isn't exactly a band you might call uh, skilled when it comes to the instruments, you know, the Sex Pistols. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I don't think you have to be. So what I think is more important than, like, playing something perfectly is playing something, um, say, with intention and something that has uh, atmosphere. Does, does that make sense? Like there needs mm -hmm. to be um, a sense of uh, it has to be genuine. If it's genuine, it doesn't have to be perfect because there, there's something real there. Well, often, you know, the best music uh, albums, EPs, whatever it is, singles, um, the ones that resonate the most are the ones that have relatability and people can believe and honesty and integrity and hear the truth in it. Yeah, those things are way more important than than any, you know, musical virtuoso like uh John like John Petrucci and uh I think I said his name wrong, Ingve Malmsteen, they're phenomenal musicians that can play guitar like nobody else on the planet. And it's not to say the music doesn't have feel, but like it, 
it's very technical. You, you, you know what I mean? Like that, that's all good and everything, but there, there's better stuff out there in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I do any day over that stuff. You know what I mean? No, I completely understand what you're saying. What yeah. going back a bit, what, when you did, um, come back from North Carolina and you said, okay, I'm going to finish the album. What, what, what was there any specific thing that prompted that? Or was it just, okay, it's time. Well, it was just having, um, an unfinished project floating around. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot. And it gets, gets to a point where it, it starts driving me crazy. Like I realized that like there's an unfinished project out there. And I was like, I just need to get done because I don't, I, I hate not finishing something. And I hate when, I, and that's my problem now is it, I practice more now, which kind of makes up for it. But I have a lot, a lot of unfinished music out there right now. A lot. And there was never any thought in your mind about abandoning it. You knew it was going to be a final product. All right. Can you say that again? There was never any thought in your mind about abandoning it. Um, you oh, knew you wanted to no. finish it no matter what. No, there was, there was, because I'm a perfectionist, mm. and when something isn't perfect or the way I, I want it to be in, re in regards to, um, like, my music, I, I get frustrated. There's times that I just want to completely forget about something, but in principle, I can't do that. I need to finish it. So, yeah, there, there was a point I came really close to just not finishing it at all, just, like, completely abandoning it, because at that point... I already had like a whole nother album written after this one. So I was thinking, okay. And, and with that in mind, I was practicing more. So it was in my mind, this album was better than what I already had pretty much done. So yeah, there was a point I was really thinking about just ditching the whole thing, but I, I said, nah, I'm just going to do the best I can, you know, really try to make a good album here. And that's what I did. I'm glad you did. Uh, as I say, now we're a month out from the release, so it were, we're there. Um, but going back again a bit as well, you briefly touched upon it, and I kind of just want to get the, your mindset, if you can remember, of the lockdown era, as you would call it, um, obviously different per country, per state, and so on. But from your own personal experience, what overall effect did it have on you and what you wanted to do here? You, you talk about it putting a delay on things but were there any positives that you were able to take out of that period in relation to the music in relation to the music i don't know it's hard to say i mean i can't say that the lockdown drove me to to want to practice more that's not what did it because during the lockdown i i was working on i work on water towers and that's an essential job like people need water so i, I was still working three days a week things weren't that different for me mm except for I was working a little less. So it wasn't the, the shutdown or COVID that drove me to try to be a better musician and practice more. I think COVID did a lot of other things, you know, who's to say, I mean, COVID kind of fucked everybody up mm -hmm. in, in their own regard, you know, whatever, whatever you think about it, whatever side of the fence you're on, I think every, everybody and everything's different now. And to say that, that doesn't play into the music I write now would wouldn't be completely true, you know. Because do you feel as though you coped as best as you possibly could? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what everybody did. You, yeah. You're forced into that situation; you have no choice but to try to just figure it out and cope. You know, I, I think people are more uh, more resilient than they lead on to be, because um, mm -hmm. survival instincts. You know what I mean? 
we don't have uh animals attacking us anymore <laughs> you know when we're hunting we have we have other existential things that come up that you know might take us out so i feel like a lot of people you know regardless of what it did to them mentally they're still here and they're still they're still they're still going and there's something there's there's something in that you know that's a good thing it is it is a good thing um you know any positives that can be taken out of such a rough period of time is always worth um mentioning and shouting about yeah going back to the record then did you have a clear idea early on of what kind of theme and subjects or how you wanted things to feel when you started working it or was that something that kind of grew through the years as it became more of a final product no no um so yeah everything i write comes from um, my life experience uh most of the time it's um you know like i don't think this is a bad thing it comes from from suffering you know, I, like everybody suffers. I just don't think everybody accepts the fact that they, they suffer or they're not willing to come to terms or, or realize that they're in fact suffering. Me, when I go through things, I, I, I make music and um, I've had people describe my music as like a stoic melancholy. And I, mm. I feel like that that's appropriate, especially the stuff that I have that's not even recorded yet or released. But yeah, there was definitely an intention there and a feel I was trying to... um convey with the music I was writing at the time for sure has it always been easy for you to kind of open yourself up in that way through the music it's not something that everybody can do and it's certainly not something everybody is comfortable with doing yeah so music to me what I write that that's my vehicle for mm. expressing myself because I'm not I'm not a person I, I don't talk much you know what I mean I don't articulate things like too well you know i'm not a big talker mm. so i feel like the way i express myself my emotions happy sad angry is through music it's how it's my best way to communicate how i feel like truly because the music's a, I, I consider my music an extension of myself yep. literally and does it work does it work well for you in in regards to a sort of catharsis to get some release does it does that always work quite well for you yeah no it 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 works so well. I, hmm. I find myself, some things I record, I don't even want to release. I don't even feel like I need to release because, so I'll record something, right, in my studio. And then I'll, I'll bounce the mix, upload it to my phone and just plug my headphones in and I'll go lay down in my bed and go to sleep. And it's so therapeutic for me to do that. There's something That's about awesome. it. It, it. It's amazing when I do it. Like, sometimes I'm like, I don't even need to release this. You know, but I, I want to because maybe what I what I experienced from it, other people can benefit. You know, what I mean, they they can experience the same thing. Of so course, there's a therapeutic element to it, hundred percent. If there was if there was one other person in the world who got what you get from a specific piece of music, I mean, that's the dream, right? Just that connection that you can possibly have. Yeah, I, I feel I, I'm of the opinion that we are creators. Mm. We we need to create things. And through the process of creating things, um, it, it really helps you. Yeah, that's awesome. Person, um, share whatever you created with the world. You know, everybody can benefit. So whether it's, you know, kids uh, or, I mean, nobody has to have kids, but if you don't want to have kids, like make art. Mm. You know what I mean? Paint, do, do something. 
but it, it's so beneficial. It it doesn't even have to be good. It's the fact, like if you if you make art and you're there to perceive that thing that you made, that piece of art that you made is telling you that you're alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a that's a beautiful thing. So I'm also of the opinion that there is no bad art mm. necessarily. You know, I mean. I don't think there's any bad art, but you do have some like art students that make crazy stuff and they get paid like a ton of money for it. You know what I mean? So like, but good for them. That, that's great. But I'm like, okay. Well, mm. art is completely and utterly subjective. What What is one 100%. person's tr uh, thrash, trash is another person's treasure. Um, You know, that yeah. cliche, it does, it does make sense. Yeah. So like art, art communicates to you that you exist and that you're alive. <laughs> but I do think that they're, there is like high art, like, like uh, look at people that do oil paintings, like really phenomenal oil paintings. Like, I'd rather look at that any day than like, you know, stuff that is, you know, not on the, that level. You know what I mean? It's still, it's still art, but there's levels, you know? Of course, of course. And I agree with everything you're saying there. I do also agree uh, with you. I think everybody needs an outlet, wherever it might be, uh, just to stop yourself going insane. Yeah. Yeah. Because we need to create because you need to you need to get out whatever pain you carry carry with you you know mm. everybody's got baggage you know absolutely you need find, people need to find a release they don't they're going to uh, project that onto others and make a huge mess <laughs> agreed agreed yeah. um have a little think now what were some of the more challenging aspects that you can remember um, or that you can point out that uh, you went through while working on the record overall, and I, I guess I'm talking about the five odd year period. Uh, so yeah, challenging aspects. Yeah, just mm. me getting in my own way. Yeah. How do you get yourself out? How when that happened? So you get in your own way. What what did it take to move yourself to the side? You you just gotta tell yourself. Well, that's what I told myself. Just. Just keep working on it. Keep hammering away at it until, you know, it, it's, it got to the point where I need to, ex I, I had to accept that it, it wasn't going to be perfect. I said, I, I just need to stop and get it over with and release it and learn from, learn from the things I didn't like this time and do better on the next record. Not, not that this record was, was bad, but of course, yeah, I'm my biggest critic. I'm always criticizing myself. It never ends. You know? Do you struggle? Do you think you struggle with um, basically having that off switch? You talk about going back and re-recording. You talk about getting in your own way. But often, say, in a, you know, a five-person band that's writing music together and creating like that, there will obviously be people who say, that's enough, stop messing with that, and we'll move on. Do you think because of who you are that you don't have that? And would you like to have that? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to <laughs> just record hmm. something and be happy with it. <laughs> that would be awesome, but <laughs> I, just, I just can't do it, you know? I'm working on a um, – I started another band with um, somebody I'm in a band with called Lotus Thrones right now. I'm a hired gun for him. I just play guitar. It's cool. his – my friend Heat's band. But I've been uh, – he's doing, like, electronic drums for it, and I'm doing all the guitars and bass. And I, I've probably listened to this first track that I've mixed like hundreds of times. 
just going back, remixing, going back, listening to it again. And every single time, it's just not good enough, you know? Mm. Like, if it's the performance, it's the mix, and it just never ends. And then, but there's some times where I'm like, oh, you know, I like this. I'm happy with it. But then I'll go back and listen to it like a couple of days later and I won't like it again. <laughs> so what forces you to stop then? I just got to tell myself that it, I, I tell myself this has to end at some point. Mm. You have to stop being so particular. And I'm, I, I'm right to do that. You know what I mean? I feel like that, that has to happen at some point or one thing I'll run it past some of my friends, but like, yo, how's this sound? Like, what do you think? And they're like, it's mm. good. And if they, and if they like, it's genuine and they, I can see they really think that I'm like, all right, it's enough. I'm stop. A little bit of a sounding board there. Yeah. Yeah. But... On the flip side of talking about the creation of um, Ghost in the Western Trap, what about some of the more positive stories? Uh, things that perhaps you learned about yourself along the way, or just things that you look back and go, man, I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, yeah, playing with playing with Bromwin, the violin mm. player that um, recorded the album with me. That was a great experience. Um, especially when it's just her and I playing. It's just like, it's, uh, you get into a um, like a flow state kind of mindset where you're just completely immersed in what you and that person are are, are doing, and that's a beautiful thing. I really like yeah. doing that. Good chemistry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And when you're just playing, that's that, that's a whole experience in and of itself. That's separate from recording. You know, oh, recording, it's a little more like, all right, we're going to release this. People are going to, you know, have to hear it. But when you're just playing with somebody, you don't have to worry about that. You just worry about being in the present moment and enjoying it. Considering the amount of time it's taken to get here and the fact that we are now still uh, a month away and we're getting to the release, um, do you do you feel musically that you're not able to quite move on until this album is out and able to be heard by the general public? Oh, no, no. Musically, I, I have 100% moved on from this album <laughs> and ready. I'm, already, I'm talking to, um, I don't know if you know Andrew Schneider. He he's done uh records for uh Rosetta. Okay, cool, cool. I don't cool. know if you know Rosetta. He he's mm. produced and uh recorded records for Rosetta. I've been talking to him and um he's gonna do my next album. He's gonna produce it and he's gonna um mix it. I'm gonna record all the guitar parts in my studio. I'm just gonna send him all the stems and he's gonna do all that. And I can't wait because he I love his work. And this out, I'm really stoked on the next album. It's going to be completely different. It's all going to be electric guitars, no acoustics, um, maybe some violin. Maybe I'll get Bronwyn, ask her if she wants to do something, some uh, tracks for it. But uh, yeah, I am 100% ready to move on from this album and like put it to bed and maybe listen to it in a couple years with like fresh ears. Not after not listening to it, be like, okay, this is like this is good. I'm happy about this, you know. But are you gonna are you gonna be able to ignore um with it on upon release? Are you the type of person that will go out of your way to look at reviews, to read comments, to see what people are thinking? Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, I had a release before this one I didn't want to talk about, but yeah, there were some good reviews and then there was there was one bad review. And I, I've not been able to stop thinking about that bad review. 
Really? And it's, well, it's not it's not a bad thing because I took what they said in that review. I used it as like constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. I have applied it to future, uh, you know, future um, pieces I've been working on. So, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. Our minds tend to, this is everybody. Our minds just seem to gravitate towards negativity and stuff like that. And you focus on that and not so much the positive aspects of it, you know? It goes back to the conversation we had a few minutes ago about art. You put something out there, whatever it might be, you can, you have to expect a varied uh, view of opinions and thoughts on it. It can't always be uh, positive. And, and provided, as you said, if you do get negative criticism, as long as it's constructive and you can use it to uh, learn and improve your own craft, then that's no bad thing either, I think. Or at least uh, I think. No, nah, not at all. Not at all. You you need that constructive criticism. Like it's so, it's so important to get better at things. You know, when you start thinking you're like the best at any one thing, it's like, you're, you're just not, there's always going to be course. somebody better. You know, always going to be somebody better. Yes, absolutely. Um, but also in this day and age in 2023, in the last couple of years, the last decade, really getting your name out there um, is harder than ever. Uh, thanks to the wealth of available services we have how how do you find uh existing as an artist in the world of social media and the desire to always demand should i say for you to always be put on content out there or online all the time is that something you enjoy yeah i i do i think now's the best time to be a musician i mean that's not entirely true but at the same time it, it is because mm. we have in a sense we have all the power you know i i, I wish less people would stream bands music and more people would buy their album off of their band camp. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, that that would be like support the artists that are doing this. It, it's way more DIY now. It's great. But am I going to make it as an artist? Like what's making it? Making a bunch of money? No, that's mm. not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to make a living off of it. That's why I work full time. I'm not convinced I'll ever be able to do that with um the music I make now. Uh, I'm trying to get into studio music, but that's a little more formulaic. Mm-hmm. you know for like trailers or commercial but yeah there's like more i can submit all that to libraries maybe like somebody will pick it up like netflix or hbo i'm looking into that uh maybe i can make some money off that but as far as like my artistic endeavors and like yeah who knows maybe i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong that'd be great if i can make money <laughs> and make a living off of what i'm doing that would be phenomenal but i, I don't think it's going to happen my main goal is i just want people to hear it and i want people to like it that's my goal that's all I want. That's all I want. I think um, uh I think the I think that's a very realistic, it's believable goal as well, based off this album, based off what you're telling me about what's coming in the future, which brings me to the next question then. The latter part of 2023, we're about to hit March, album's out, you've got nine months left. What does it look like for you? Do you have much in the works or what would you like to do? Oh yeah, yeah. This year's going to be good for music. So I, I got the album coming out in March. Um, my friend Dave Grossman and uh, Josh Mahesh and uh, BJ, they uh, they just released an album. They're in a band called uh, New Miserable Experience. I'm doing a remix of uh, one of the songs off that album or EP. So keep, keep an eye, uh, eye out for that. Cool. And that's, that's uh, so far, that's turning out pretty good and pretty happy with it. I'm not, I'm not finished it yet. I have another band I started with my buddy Heath um, 
called Despondent. That's going to be kind of like a Boards of Canada-esque type project, like a Radiohead Kid A era slash Boards of Canada um, type band. Mm. This is like a studio project. We'll never play live. And then I'm playing guitar for Lotus Thrones. Uh, we'll probably play some shows in the summer. I'm looking forward to that. And on top of all that, I fully intend to start getting my um, my next full length recorded and mixed, starting that process. Incredibly busy, but that is what I yeah. want to hear. Is uh, the way you know, I like it. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to hear. I don't, you know, if you'd answer that, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's been like, oh, okay, but hearing all of that is fantastic. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of stuff going on. All right, Matt, we hit the portion of the interview now where we have a random set of questions that are selected from like a pool of about 500. They can be nonsensical. They can be uh, deep and meaningful. Um, answer them how you please. Uh, so if you're cool, we'll get started with the first one. What All is right. your favorite live show that you've ever attended to date? Let me think about that. There's mm. been a lot. So, yeah. It's hard to say. So growing up, since I was uh, 13 years old, I was seeing uh, Rosetta yep. play at like the First Unitarian Church in Philly on, on like the floor with hardly anybody there. <laughs> I've seen tons of shows like that back in the day since I was a young kid. Um, and then seeing bands like Municipal Waste play there in like a church basement. Like that, those were awesome times, like awesome shows. Uh so it's hard to say one show, to be honest with you. Growing up around Philly, there was like so many shows, tons of them. So it's hard to say one. I can't. Thing is, you just nailed it. If you've been to a lot of shows, everybody would say the same. It's same thing. It's really hard to pin it down. But when it evokes some memories, like what you just described there, the idea of municipal waste in a little church basement, uh, I can picture it. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So one year it was uh, municipal waste, toxic holocaust, and skeleton oh. witch. Oh, in the basement oh. of the church. Like, it was crazy. I think, I think that tour came over here because I saw those three bands together as well. So I think that tour came over here. Yeah, that was the first time. So the first time I've ever heard or seen Toxic Holocaust was, was at that show. And they started playing, and I was like, holy shit. This is awesome. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was 15 at the time, I think. Oh, wow. Like 15 oh, or wow. 16. Yeah, it was a good time. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Amongst a others. dream, a dream holiday destination. Man, it's hard. So, uh, hmm. all right. So, I, I recently started doing a lot of like breathing techniques, um, like the Wim Hof breathing techniques. I really want to get out to. Um, I think he's in Poland. There's like a retreat where you go and uh, you practice the breathing techniques, and then you hike up this mountain in like your shorts <laughs> in, in February. Oh my god! So I want I want to do that really bad. I've been doing a lot of the cold exposure too. It's been helping me out a lot with just like mentally and physically with everything. So yeah, probably do that. That's my next like big vacation. Me and my family are going to Italy in April, so that'll be fun too. Oh, lovely! Oh, wonderful! Yeah. Whereabouts in Italy? We're going to the Amalfi Coast. Oh wow! Beautiful, beautiful. I'll be a lovely time. <laughs> well, that actually ties into the next one. Pineapple on pizza. Are you pro it or against it? Yeah, I don't think I've ever had it. I'd try it. I gotta try it. Then I'll, you know, I, uh, I can't say for sure. I haven't tried it yet. 
I don't think you'll be able to try it in Italy, though. I'm pretty sure if you tried that in Italy, you'll get run out of the country. Yeah, yeah, likely. I'm not even going to ask for it. <laughs> you be swimming with uh, the fishes if I do. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, a movie or a video game soundtrack that you like or appreciate, if you have one? Uh, so uh, a lot of stuff Danny Elfman does. I think that's his name, right? Danny Elfman? Yeah. He did, like, yeah, like, um, I really respect him. Uh, Elliot Smith is cool. I'm just thinking of the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack now. Oh, but there you go. The the uh the Interstellar soundtrack was like one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard in a movie. It was phenomenal yeah. by, by Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, Hans Zimmer, of course. That's probably one of my favorite soundtracks ever in a movie. Just amazing. Mm, it is. It is. It is. What would be a Oh, who oh, would Gat- be a- Gat- sorry, Gattaca. Gattaca has a great, I think that's Michael Nyman. That also has a great um, soundtrack too. Oh, good shout. Yeah, I haven't heard that in years. Yeah, I love that movie. Wait, sorry, uh, my bad. What was your next question? Sorry. No, 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 absolutely. Feel free to interrupt me when you got something like that to bring out. Absolutely. What would be a dream band or an artist that one day you'd really like to tour with? Damn. Uh, so I already kind of decided that I don't like touring. Um, mm-hmm. Because I've been on a couple, and I was like, yeah, it's not for me. Um, maybe I'll do let's, it, though. Let's change the tour. Play a date with them. Just a single date in your own home city. Damn. I really got to think. Playing mm. with Stars of the Lid would be cool. I've already played. So, like, growing up seeing Rosetta, I know all those guys. I've already played with them. They're one of my favorite bands. Uh, so, yeah, playing with Stars of the Lid would be cool. Um who else? Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of off the top of my head, to be honest. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And a fairly bigger one as well, then. Who or what band can you point at and say they had an, uh, they they were a major part of my inspiration to be a musician? Huh. I don't know. I've always had like an obsession with guitar. So I pretty much growing up, anybody with like a guitar. It's just like, you know, uh, but yeah, growing up in Philly, seeing bands like growing up, seeing Rosetta and stuff like that, like following that band from start to finish, you know, like that's inspirational, you know, just growing up in Philly, seeing bands like, it's just like, I want to do that. Did, 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 you ha- did you have the kind of childhood, I want to be a rock star kind of thing when you saw guitarists? Uh yeah, you know, probably, yeah, there was probably fantasies, like, I fantasized about it growing up as a kid, you know, it's like, you just want to, like, shred and stuff, you know, it's like, I want to do what they do, you know, like, you want to, of course, you want to play, like, you know, you want people to, like, be at the shows and stuff, and just, like, doing your thing, playing, you know, that's, that'd be cool, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that would be ideal, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, beer, wine, or spirits, which is your choice? All right, so I already went through a beer phase, right? And then yeah. my stomach was like, nah, no more. <laughs> and then, um, uh, yeah, I was drinking wine. So yeah, probably wine, definitely. And you might call me crazy. People might talk shit, but I like putting ice in my glass of red wine. Controversial. <laughs> what was that? Controversial. Oh, yeah, yeah. We bring some controversy to this interview. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's like delicious, but I, I don't drink anymore at all. Um, yeah, no more drinkies for me. Not fair enough. But when no, I fair. did, actually, no, after wine, 
after I, I stopped drinking wine, I moved on to bourbon. So I like bourbons. Maybe after I got some like medical things going on. So maybe once we get that sorted out, I might have a bourbon at, like every now and again. But alcohol is pretty like alcohol is pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. Like it's just so bad for you. So many aspects. It's not like weed where like you, you could be argued that weed is like there's some like actual benefits to it. But uh, I think alcohol is this terrible substance. But that kind of rolls. I don't judge anybody for drinking it. I get of it. Course. Of course, but, but of me, course. It's like I, I just gotta cut it out. No, no, that's fair enough. Um, I get hung yeah. over too easily, like way too easily. So I'm like, I can't do this. Well, on that kind of front, then I guess to a certain degree, what's a what's a bad habit you have that you'd love to kick? <laughs> Obsessive thinking, overthinking things. <laughs> get, I get these albums done quicker. There it is. Yeah. Do you do you believe in ghosts? And if yes, why? I no, I don't believe in ghosts. Really, I mean, I believe in uh, like energy. People carry energy with them, and you can feel negative energy or positive energy coming from people, or whether or not they're happy or sad. And you know, I feel like reincarnation is probably the most. Um, I don't know for sure, but I feel like it's the most plausible um, outcome to uh, this whole life thing you know if you, you die your energy has to go somewhere why wouldn't you go back into something else some other form but i, I don't got the answers i don't know maybe no. i'll maybe i'll see a ghost and i'll hit you up and be like yo dude i, just saw I do ghost. love i do love that one when it comes up in these uh 10 final questions uh because the variety of answers we get from artists and bands um and, and stories can be quite spectacular i i've uh I've had my mind pay, play tricks on me before, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like it's coming from, like, say, if you're in the house by yourself, like, the mind starts wandering, and mm. you start thinking, and you might see something out of the corner of your eye just because you're already on edge, or, like, a noise might happen. So, yeah, I've had the – I was in my parents' basement as a kid, and when I was down there, I swear, I swear, I felt felt something. I don't know what it was, but it was a negative energy. And I was like – I just got to get out of here. Like, I need to get out of this basement. I was by myself. It was, like, late at night. I felt something. So there's something there. Maybe there's and that's, something there. And that's something you clearly remember as well. I uh, always oh, yeah. think if you can if you can remember it. Can you can you even remember how it felt? Like, is it that strong? Oh, yeah. It, 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 was, it was a negative. It was, like, a nasty, mean energy. Like, mm. it was, like, malicious. I was, like, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, in just three words, sum up the music of Matt Gary. I can't. That's hard. <laughs> three words. Uh, here, can I do two? Yeah, two will do. Stoic melancholy. Ah, that wonderful description. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that because that's like uh yeah I feel like that's there's a lot of um you just kind of you just kind of take what the world throws at you and you just gotta be you get, you got no choice what the world throws at you it's gonna throw all kinds of nasty shit your way and you just gotta you're helpless to it so you just gotta take it be stoic about it you know take it as it comes. And enjoy some melancholy.
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a byproduct of of suffering that comes along with life. You know, it's not. I'm not saying that's a. I'm not coming from like a like a woe is me perspective. Mm -hmm. It's just my experience. You know, what I mean, it's, and there, there, there's there's two two sides of a coin. There's there's a beauty in that. You know what I mean? So there, there's there's a lot to learn from the suffering that you experience in your life. You know, you can grow from it. Um, you can also have compassion. You know, you can use that as a vehicle to uh, put yourself in other people's shoes and you know know what somebody's going through because you went through it. That makes sense. So it does, and it's um, it literally is the most perfect way to end this interview. If you do want to experience what. Matt's been talking about stoic melancholy. Ghost in the Western Trap is out on the 24th of March, 2023. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to thank do you. this. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbl.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?